I accidentally pressed the air horn. <laughs> Press the button, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that in. I don't. We're, I'm gonna listen to it and see how it sounds. But it's. I accidentally pressed the air horn in the beginning. If you heard it, then I left it in. If you didn't hear it, then sucker, you didn't hear it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, Goose said I can't tell you guys about my dream where I beat up an old. No, man. you can tell. I mean, but I know. I it. know my fan base. I know that they'll want to hear it. this. I'll know that they want to <laughs> hear this. Okay. So, I don't know what it was. Someone died and. That's a whole nother part of the dream. But anyway, already what I hate. About I'm, dream I'm walking around this parking lot with a shopping cart full of food. And apparently we're in like a huge recession or something like that. Like, so something bad happened where like people don't have access to a lot of food. Um, and I know this because I had looked at my phone and saw a text from somebody where I was like, Hey, do you have money for food? And they were like, no, I'm fresh out. And I was like, it's okay, man. Take care of yourself. And, uh, <laughs> And, He's like, no, dude, I need money. Yeah, need yeah. <laughs> and uh, you're like, good, bud. Take it yeah. easy. <laughs> um, and I was sitting at the back of like my SUV. Um, do we pull out guns right now? Hold on. Oh yeah, this is my this is my ESGA for yeah, this one. Emotional support gun. Um, yeah. And I was like sitting at the back of this SUV, putting my food in the car, and like my Nate, like this dude who was apparently my neighbor in my dream, shows up. And he kind of looks at me and walks off, and then another guy who's like kind of an older dude but looks a little scrappy walks up and is like staring at me. And I know this guy; like I went to his house before, and I was like, "Hey, man, what's going on?" He was like, "I'm going to take your food," and I was like, "You know, you shouldn't do that. I wouldn't. Re- I would not recommend that. I've uh, beat a wholesale ass for less, um, <laughs> so let's not." And, this is a survival situation, yeah, old man. Yeah, I will destroy you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know that thing where, like, you, I mean, you we see it when you get into fights that when we were bouncers or whatever, but someone who doesn't know how to fight will tell you basically they're about to punch you by their actions. Always. They'll, like, they'll, oh, they'll, like, yeah. like, they're about to do it, and you're like, okay, here we go. Um, so he did that, and I, like... You're like, thank you for telegraphing yeah, that yeah. all day. <laughs> um, so I, like, ducked, and I grabbed him, and I took him to the ground, but there was that dream thing where you can't punch very hard, and uh, I was like, God damn!" so I just started choking the shit out of this old man. And <laughs> <laughs> You're like, luckily I can choke, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you called and woke me up, and I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Uh, You're yeah. like, I was just about to finish that old man off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just I just had One Punch Man dreams. That's it. I've been watch I rewatched One Punch Man season one, and I'm gonna start season two because I never saw it. And my dreams were just power levels and people saying it's too powerful, dude, and and then no, it enough. wasn't. Yeah. You know, not yeah, powerful <laughs> enough, dude. It's been, classic. I uh, I've I've slowly been finishing uh, the cyberpunk anime Edge Runner. Oh yeah, yeah. Have you I watched it? Watch it is no, I want to watch it. So I'm gonna good. finish watch that after I'm done with One Punch. Man. It is so good. It is. It is. It looks pretty badass, dude. I don't like. I don't watch anime. I'm sorry, everybody. I don't like anime. I like. I do, but like, it takes a lot it's for been, me to sit uh, down and watch it. Um, like because you don't read. That is not. It's about. It's not correct. I'm incorrect. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, subtitles haters. That would incorrect. This is. Actually, when I was in school, I read tons of manga though. But uh, uh, I didn't realize they were so short. It's been a while since you went to school. Yeah, it's I'm been a hot But uh, I don't. I read all the time. I read every day. Actually, 
uh, uh, fucking reading right not now, like books, dude. Not books. Though. Yeah, excuse me, Mister. We need to go back to the old days where we just <laughs> gives a fuck. I can read on the internet and be fine. It's the same thing. Just, it's absolutely just not because it's not same. a physical copy in my hand. He's shit. Fuck you. It's just it's because it's not a fucking story that's told over a long period of time. The internet training is a totally different thing for your reading, unless you read long ass stories on the internet. I do on Reddit. I mean, or on the computer. Sorta, I guess. What you what? Some of the no sleep stories are fucking long as shit. They're like true. ten parters, dude. I forgot uh, that's where you go. Yeah, that's, no oh sleep. yeah, I yeah. love no sleep. I'm super about yeah. it. Um, but uh, I love not sleeping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the yeah. uh, <laughs> It's kind of like my bread and butter, to be honest. Yeah, I've been staying up super late every night. Uh, yeah, I was. I just asked Naxon off camera if he would, if he would have. Would he rather have all of the free time to to only be used to sleep as long as he wants, or he can sleep seven hours and be rested as long as he goes to bed before midnight? And he just said he wouldn't. He just yeah. said he wouldn't go to bed. I wouldn't he go to sleep. Like, Jesus I Christ! To. I refuse to. I refuse to. Cause... I also saw. I just saw a Reddit thing that said that it was a study. It was like. The average time to go to sleep for someone is like 10 to 20 minutes. And I was like, it takes me like 90 seconds, maybe two minutes Not me, from dude. laying laying down to being asleep. I'm just forever. Out. That's awful. It that is my ultimate forever. hate. I, I cannot stand I can't laying down and not being asleep. Dude, I swear I lose my vape like every two seconds. What God the damn it, Kyle. What Give the, him back his vape. Yeah, what the fuck, bro? I just had it, man. I don't know. Move your knee a little. Yeah, move right. your knee. That's what happened I couldn't find my kratom. My knee was just in the way. It'll show up eventually. I know it will. It, it uh, doesn't have a choice. Um, It's somewhere around here. If I didn't, if I did, well, didn't have a clutter personality... Um, this wouldn't be an issue. It's here. I know it is. I put it somewhere. I feel like you're looking in the same spots over and over. Well, it, I did. I haven't gotten. <laughs> I up, mean, yeah, so it really can't. It couldn't have gone anywhere. Um, I haven't moved from this spot. I don't know what. Maybe one of your demon cats ran off with it. Dude, they might have. To be honest, to, well, I've I I listened to. I I listened to uh, our teal swan episode, I the guess. Colts episode. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to listen to it. I hadn't listened to it in a while. And it was, I it recorded, we recorded that when the war in Ukraine started. Yeah, yeah. And it was wild listening to that again. Because uh, um, I, I, like, who would have guessed that we would be where we are now yeah. with that war? You know, with the Ukrainians, it's like sweeping Russia yeah, out. Yeah, shout out to Ukrainians for beating the piss, the dog piss. They blew out up of... the Crimean Bridge Dude. and the Kerch Strait. That was insane. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Can you imagine being Putin and, like, being like, yeah, I'm going to go in. On his birthday. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in. I'm going to beat the shit out of these farmers and i'm gonna take the land yeah. and that's what it's gonna be and then like every farmer has an ak-47 and like hand grenades and you're just like this is a little bit harder than i thought it was this gonna sucks. be yeah I, I can't back out now though so i gotta really double it's like, down his whole gamble was that he thought the west wouldn't give a shit yeah and 
And like, I wonder if he was like, if anybody was like, dude, America will dump every spare bullet yeah. it has into Ukraine. If he would have been like, ooh, actually, yeah, ooh. But no one and probably like, told him that because they were like, no, that's a great idea, dude. Go ahead. Have oh, yeah. yeah. They're like, absolutely. We'll yeah. destroy them. Yeah, we will destroy Effortlessly. them. Effortlessly. We have 10 billion tanks. Can you believe it? I wonder. I <laughs> <laughs> And seven airplanes. <laughs> I wonder. Uh, I, I wonder what his thoughts with that was because also i mean if we just let him take ukraine like that has larger implications for it's every horrible. other country yeah. in the world yeah so like yeah. there's no there's i don't know in his mind where he was like this is gonna work because the other countries aren't gonna do anything it's like no if we just allow you to take something whatever you want by force like what does that mean for the rest of us like we possibly yeah. cannot in good faith you know as shitty as we are in good faith let you do that I and like the my my long term outlook on this war originally had been like they're probably this is going to be their next Afghanistan they're going to be here for fucking years yeah. and now I'm like I don't think no. they're gonna oh, be no. here <laughs> it's like but also I if they was going to be an Afghanistan situation I never would have imagined they did the full mobilization that was in yeah. a, a crazy thing to do is try to get everybody involved in this fucking war right now. and I'm like. I'm like every decision he makes is just so bad. Bonkers. It's terrible, dude. He's got. A, I wonder if he's like, how old is Putin? He's up there, ain't he? He turned seventy. That yeah, was I would say because fucking yeah. I mean, he Which he might honestly be isn't old. It. Enough. It's not old. That's no, not, it's it's really not. It's dude, not old Trump enough. Trump is fucking yeah. not even slowing down. Biden's he's way like older. One foot in the grave right now, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's like it's not old enough for me to be like. That's the issue, but I don't know. Maybe he's got some early onset, some shit going on, and he's really just losing yeah. it. I, and one thing we were talking about in the last clip, uh, in the Teal Swan episode, is we're like, no fucking way this turns into a nuclear war. And now I'm like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> if he's backed into uh, if he, dude, I don't know. Man. I was like, it looks worse than yeah. I thought. If he's backed into everybody's a predictions for this. Yeah, like you're saying, like because he, he, he is getting yeah. backed into a corner. No one had that prediction that he was going to end up backed into a corner yeah. and going to do some wacky shit. And I'm like, I I still don't think we would do a nuclear war. I don't. I, but I, I think the idea that he could use a nuclear weapon is not. Yeah, it's not great. Anymore. It's no, it's not. I, and I'm hoping that like, I'm hoping. As much as I can, that if it comes to that, he's going to give the order to fire a nuclear warhead at Ukraine or somewhere, and the person in charge of doing that is going to be like, "Yeah, sure," and then just doesn't do it. But it, but like we, should, yeah, they're like, "All right, guys, we we got to, yeah, we we have to do so. it's, that's it's coup time. We gotta we gotta Although, over, throw this guy over." Because the U.S. privately briefed Putin on what they're going to do if he uses a nuclear weapon, which yeah. had to have been such a cool conversation. Dude, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would love them to have a chart, and they're like, so we see all your submarines here. We will just destroy them. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, oh my Shit. god, it's like a, it's, it's like that scene in The Office where Creed and Jim are playing chess, and Creed's like, if you do this, I'm going to do this. If you do this, I'm going to go here. If you do this, I'm going to go here. And if you do this, I'm going to do that. So what's your next move? Um, it, which is yeah, pretty much exactly. like the U.S. is like we're, we're just like we'll turn your entire your entire military into a glass the, parking the lot. The chatter like, is that the U.S. would destroy the Russian Navy that is in the Bering Sea. They're, they're like we'll just we're going to destroy every single one of those yeah. things, which they can 
Now that the Russians, they lost that cruiser to, like, one missile from Ukraine, I yeah. was like, there's no fucking yeah. chance. <laughs> <laughs> we would, oh, my God. One, one, and, one, one fighter jet could devastate the Russian oh, Navy with one payload so, of ammo. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, I mean, that's so true. <laughs> uh, so, and then the other part of it was that the U.S. forces and probably NATO would expel russia from ukraine and i was like that's a guarantee yeah like, that, america isn't like we will fight you in ukraine no, like, no we're gonna we're, make you leave. yeah you're gonna leave what a baller thing to say <laughs> to somebody like if you fire a nuclear weapon we're gonna show up and kick the shit out we're of you. ending we're, the yeah, war we're gonna the end war the that war you're so stuck in yeah ooh, ooh, we're gonna end it <laughs> you're it's deep in the trenches over. we could end it like probably less than a weekend so um i started reading more about the gulf war uh because of all this lately because i wanted kind of a parallel for it because at the time we it had believed that iraq's army was like the fourth largest in the world and so everyone when the u.s invaded everyone's like man how's this gonna go like you know this is this is near peer like maybe it'll be like a real war and then it was over in like three weeks and yeah, they're like holy so well, fuck, fuck. God damn. It, it, it was like it was like how the world like kind of slept on america until world war Two, and then everybody's like oh my god okay shit yeah we and really then, it's and, like but, the mormons they just left us alone and then then we got yeah, turned into a problem and then like the 90s came along and everyone's like well everyone's got all the cool tech you know maybe america isn't that big a deal and then it's three weeks later and they're like all right oh my god <laughs> <laughs> holy mother of god <laughs> that's crazy yeah so i've been reading more about that and and like like it, this is such a like this is like what we thought the gulf war would maybe turn out like i mean nobody thought iraq would beat america but yeah. like we thought it'd be a war yeah and this is a real yeah. war you know and like i, I don't think I don't think Ukraine's going to like sweep Russia out by the end of the year or anything. No, no, I think no. is I think there could still be even another year. Of yeah, this they conflict. have a they have some fight ahead of them. If if no yeah. foreign you know major involvement happens, like serious involvement, like boots or Belarus, around, yeah. yeah, yeah, then they got a while to fight. But I I as far as it's going now, the and you know we're just two fucking guys talking about this. We're not experts by any means, but. I think, you know, Ukraine's got it in, in the bag. Yeah, that is shit. the whole podcast. We're not <laughs> two experts. We got to start. Or should we be telling people we're not experts? Yeah, <laughs> probably give a I little thought, disclaimer. Well, Joe Rogan told me that if you have a podcast, you, you can say what. Yeah, you, you can are say whatever you want. And people so everything we've said, fact. True. Factual fact. information. Uh, factual I actually started uh, all of the... So I, I was trying to pick a book to read because I finished Haunting of Hill House. These are books. Those yeah. are the, the ones with all the pages in them, no pictures. Um, I, was, I was hoping I had one close by that I could hold <laughs> up, but I don't. I really don't. <laughs> uh, the, uh, but I finished Haunting a Hill House, which was fine. It, it was okay. It wasn't really... It was kind of... I don't know. It, it was old, so it like didn't really scare me. You yeah, know? Yeah, it was, yeah. like It's kind of like almost Lovecraftian and where it just like makes people kind of insane. And like, that's what's spooky. Yeah, and that yeah, didn't yeah. really spook me, but I was like, I need some, like it took me a long time to finish it. Cause I didn't like love it. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, I need something that I like will be really hooked on to like really blast through. And I was going to read this one called it could happen here, which is written like it's, I think it was written in the thirties, but it was, uh, uh about like a fiction. Nah, that's 
I no, it could happen or something else. That's the podcast. Let me look up what it was called. But anyway, it's this book about like a Hitler's rise to power, but if it happened in America. Oh. And I, I'd had that in my list for a while, and on my Kindle, I was like, you know what? I don't want to read this right now. Yeah, <laughs> that, it might not be the best thing to look at. That's too yeah. real. And then I had this other book on my uh, Kindle. Oh, Robert. I already forgot the name. Oh, Swan Song by Robert McCammon. And it was on my Kindle, and I was like, all right, I'll check this out. And it's about a nuclear war with Russia. And I was like, Ooh, all right. even worse. <laughs> I was like, but I decided to read that one because I love books yeah, about nuclear fuck war. Yeah, and I was dude. like, I know I'll blast through this. But I was like, this is also a thing that could happen. This and is a very a real thing. Yeah, a little too yeah. close to home. A it little... was written like back in the 70s. And I love reading books about like nuclear wars, but written yeah. at different times because we have such different predictions. Oh, yeah. And they always talk about different countries that are involved. Like, Books in the seventies talk about Lebanon way more. We Lebanon is totally out of yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. global consciousness now. Yeah, it's all about Afghanistan and you know shit like that. We uh, sort of well, there's Iraq. this nine eleven documentary on Netflix. Fucking hell, I forgot what it was called, but um, it was weird dog shit. We, we haven't we've only remembered like one name <laughs> out of five things we talked about. <laughs> um, it's it's like new, but it's like a, a limited series because that's what Netflix is all about now. Uh, but they had a dude who was Turning working, Point. That's Turning Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a dude who was in—I forgot his name. He was in the CIA, but he was basically like, yeah, he was like, I went over to Iraq and and met with like basically talking about all the resistance fighting that was going on at the time and and how he in the seventies. Like when was he doing it when? Russia was there, or when America was there? It was when Russia was there, or when the uh, French were there, or when the British were there. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was when it was when the, the Russia had invaded and they were fighting against Russians, and the CIA guy was like, "Yeah, man." He's like, "I just went up to basically talking about like all the different resistance fighters, like Al Qaeda, the Taliban, stuff like that." And was Mujahideen, like, yeah. "Yeah, the Mujahideen was uh, the big one." He was like, "I they t- I was like, tell me what you want," and he was in. They asked for it, and he was like, I gave it to him. He was like, in two days, he was like, they were getting their ass kicked, and he's like, in the weekend that I showed up, he was like, I had already funneled, uh, like, the director of the CIA was like, I will give you billions. I will give you billions of dollars. This is... This is what other countries don't understand about American military. Like, Russia is struggling to resupply its soldiers. Yeah. Doesn't happen in yeah, America. No, we. Not a good. This is. Afghanistan was a side project for just the CIA. Mm-hmm. And they fucked up, like, the entirety of the yeah. war for Russia. Yeah. They're like, yeah, we'll fly it over in a weekend. Fuck yeah. it. I got six that planes is, that is Exactly what it was. Because he was like. I, I'm going to give six planes, six C5s full of explosives yeah. to the Taliban. Because the, the, he was like, yeah. Sure. He was like, the director of the CIA told us, you know, um, that he will give me billions. Uh, he will fund me billions. He was like, as. It, it, I don't even, just I'm, one guy. He said, one dude. He was like, he said billions. And he was like, he said he will give me as much money as I want to go over there and supply these fighters. So he was like, like. How much money do you need? One. Million. <laughs> billion? Million? Seven billion. Yeah. Ten billion? Um, he was like, I went over there in a weekend, and in that weekend, we had all these fighters supplied with a glitch, like AK 47s. We had, you know, Stinger missiles en route. Like, it was like, holy fucking <laughs> shit, dude. Like, that's like that. That's one of the scary oh. things about the United States is like, 
We spend a lot of money on our military, like enough to where, uh, like you said, the CIA can have a pet project and be like, here's a billion dollars. Like, and destabilize a destabilize nation. Destabilize a nation, dude. <laughs> That's, that is pissing money that from is, the U.S. That is government. insane. That is so bananas. Um, and then it, he, like, I, I don't support how much mo- We waste a lot of money. Yeah, we waste a ton of money. But also, I mean, that is just... An infinitely valuable dick swinging dude, energy. It, and it is. It, you can it do anything you want. Baffling that, like a CIA pet project could just, like you said, destabilize a nation. And like that's. I mean, just, the CIA destabilizes. Oh yeah, all I would say that is that is South just America. that is yeah. that is their bread and butter though is destabilizing. They were doing all that shit at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and during during the uh, during that that uh documentary, the guy was talking about because obviously it was about nine eleven. So the twin there was a lot of like really good footage of like. The Twin Towers, and like, yeah, you know, believe what you will about 9 11, but that shit looked fucking. That was a Insane. to be part, to be in New York when that happened must have been like, like, you must have thought the world was coming to an end. Like, yeah. Like that. And is, like, to, like, I saw, I've seen a lot of stuff about it, and like, seeing the first one, a lot of people are like, oh, shoot, that's crazy. Yeah, oh, yeah. no. And then the second one happens, and like, everyone feels so different about it yeah. right away they're yeah. like oh fuck like this oh, is intentional shit. this is what this is like bad news bears and like uh like being alive <laughs> 911 <laughs> yeah. this is bad news bears <laughs> um but like uh they were talking about like when the pentagon was um was hit and <laughs> they were talking about like people a lot of operatives like spies used to they would have those satellite images of the pentagon and they were really really like had a lot of information on this gazebo in the middle of the pentagon because they saw that at the same time every day a top officials of the pentagon would meet at this gazebo so they thought it was like an underground bunker they would go in to discuss um, oh. discuss plans and it turns out it was just a hot dog stand um, so it, they were trying to smash that plane into the hot dog pretty stand. much is from what i gather but they they really really you know, Man, they really <laughs> underestimated how sturdy the Pentagon was. <laughs> it'd be hard to drop oh, it in the middle, right in the middle. Yeah, I don't know. You I don't think they were. Dog. I don't think they were trying to like intentionally hit the hot dog stand, but I know that there was a whole section about like them thinking this was top secret. Like people were going in to discuss plans for the world in here, and it was really just a guy running a hot dog stand that had been there forever. So ever does, all the directors went out. Does that documentary talk about? Uh, like the Saudi family that got to leave, and during when like right after nine eleven happened, like they left the U.S. I don't know. I haven't. I'm halfway through it. I okay, Once tell I me if it does. It, I'll let you know. Yeah, because it's, it's the a reason it's, I ask is because I haven't. I frankly, there's so much fucking dude, bullshit yeah, about nine eleven. I can hardly keep tons. up with it. And I watched like a couple documentaries, and only one mentioned this family thing. And I was like, I need to verify that, and I never have, so I don't repeat the fact to people. That's fair. But uh, if it tells, I'm like, uh, if you I'll, find yeah, out, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah I'm like, okay, maybe it is is a real fact. Because uh, I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, cool. Has nine eleven? I guess I don't know how they're setting it up. So, like, has the attack happened? The attack yeah, is the so. I think what, what what was left off was the attack has, um, like just happened. Like, like the Pentagon's been hit, and they got. Oh, okay. They've got a bunch okay. of. They got yeah. Then it would be maybe in the next couple. Yeah, episodes. they got a bunch of uh, like firsthand accounts of people like you know, like one lady like who was who was I can't remember she was a 
uh, major or something like that, but she was in the Pentagon when it got hit, and they had to, like, get a bunch of people out and shit like that. But, dude, like, I mean, being in that situation, like, what do you, like, what... I'll never forget reading about the dude who was in worked at not uh the trap towers in the bo- 95 or 94 bombing yeah the first attempt yeah yeah, yeah. and and ever since then because i think he was former military he was like super convinced someone was going to smash a plane into 9-11 and he was like an office manager so we always like drilled his team of people on what to do if something bad happened in the towers because he was so rattled from the explosion and then when the fucking buildings hit, he got everybody out of there. Dude, everyone. The smart guy. I was guy. like, damn. They talked and I'm about, like, what a specific weird dude, thing yeah. to be super but stuck on. And good, then be right about. What a good intuition you have to yeah. like. Because yeah. they talked about, uh, they talked about um, the first guy who bombed it. Excuse me. And they were they had captured him and they were flying, I think, in a helicopter, transporting him somewhere to be pro- to fucking you know be be kept and they were flying past the twin towers and the dude in the helicopter said you know told the guy look see they're still standing and the guy was like if i had more money they wouldn't be and uh and oh, yeah i was like oh <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> yeah god damn I, re- I remember one of the documentaries mentioned it really stood out to me it was why i remember it forever but he was like Security was so lax that day; they could have probably got AKs on the planes. I was like, "Oh my Jesus god!" Christ. Can you imagine pre nine eleven airplanes? Yeah, pre nine eleven, you could do it. Like, no wonder fucking drug trafficking through the airports. Back then, if you cool. brought your gun to the air, airport, they'd be like, "Bruh," and you'd be like, "Bruh." Like, why no, I didn't that. know you were cool yeah. like that. And then they just let you take it on there. All right, <laughs> silly, just take the magazine out. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> take out all your bullets. Yeah, you'll we're be okay. Okay, it's okay. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Don't even, put the mag back in. Yeah, there. <laughs> I can't even imagine a a pre nine eleven airport. No, like, I not, never I, flew on a plane. Me neither. Yeah, me neither. I think the first time I flew on a plane was like two thousand two, something like that. And so first time you know. I flew on a plane was two thousand thirteen. Wow, I was on my way to Fort Benning, Georgia. To actually, I would have been. Yeah, maybe 2003, but yeah, around there. <clears throat> yeah, it was a, it was uh we they flew us from OKC to Chicago and then we got to Chicago. That was when you were joining the military. Yeah, yeah. A lot of big firsts Dude, yeah, for you. Yeah. They're like you're going to travel the world and then they just put you on an airplane and you're like, "Wow, this is incredible." <laughs> um but I was also I'm no longer a podunk Oklahoma yeah. boy. <laughs> <laughs> um but we we got to Chicago and uh we it, we were like in a group of people that day and they were like, "Oh, your terminals on and I'd never been in an airport." So this one guy is a little older, he's leading us around um because he's also on his way to fort benning but they got to this airport and they were like oh your gates on this side of the terminal or whatever so we started going and we got there and they're like oh the plane already boarded we can't let you on but this other gate might be able to let you on because they're going to the same place so we were running this big ass fucking airport like and i'm wearing goddamn cowboy boots and and I'm fat, and so we're like running across this airport, and we get there, and they're like, like, "The army's gonna be so hard." Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we get there, and it was like, and they were like, they wouldn't let us on, so we had to stay in Chicago for a night. And so they gave us all these meal vouchers, and we got a bunch of food in the hotel. And one of the guys was like, "Let's do my favorite pastime," and we were like, "What is that?" This is back when, like, I don't know if it's still around, but like back pages. Do you remember that? 
it was like a place where you could like back pages was like darker Craigslist. Like you could go and get S. Oh yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah. So my buddy was like, one of my, he was like, one of my favorite things to do was go on back pages and, you know, just say the most off the wall shit to these people advertising themselves. And so he would text them and be like, do you do group rates? And like, um, will you role play the Lion King with me and stuff like that? And it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was, uh, it was quite the time. Um, but, and then we got to Fort, we got to Georgia the next day and slept for nine hours on the airport, airport floor because the bus to take us there wouldn't be getting us. Um, and I was still fat. So I got targeted in basic training, uh, which was a good time. What'd you do? Getting a, like a weird rattle from you, but it was only when you were talking. Try to say some more stuff. Uh, that's weird. A rattle. What's it sound like? Yeah. It's like it's like it sounds, da, 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 when you're talking. Sounds fine. To da, me. Da, 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 da. Okay, well maybe it's, uh, maybe it won't pick up. I don't. Uh, I don't think so because I mean it's picking up my mic and it sounds fine and it's picking up your mic well. There's a few times where you'll like glitch out a little bit, but it's not anything super serious. Okay, uh, uh, who's going? I'm gonna first go first, but also in basic training, uh, we had a run. Oh yeah, we had a run to our barracks. So you go to processing, and it's uh, two weeks of bullshit, and you're not being able to do anything, and it's the worst time ever. I'd go through basic training twice if I didn't have to go through processing. Um, And they showed up at, like, they made us get all our stuff at 3 a.m. and sit outside, and then all these giant trucks rolled up with drill sergeants, and I had my bags, and I was running to throw it in the truck, and I tripped and fell in front of this Haitian drill sergeant, and he really just dr- grilled into me, dog. And then we got down to the to like the state fat kid dude, running in his dude, cowboy yeah, boots, yeah. falling down in front of you. Yeah, we got to the staging area, and uh, our senior drill sergeant was like teaching us how to like march or whatever. And some kid was like, "He's gonna that senior drill sergeant's gonna be fine. We don't have to worry about him. It's the other guy." And this dude who wasn't talking, drill sergeant Slayton, he was right. Drill sergeant Slayton was the worst. But we had to run to our barracks, which is like a mile away. I never ran a mile in my life, and uh, <laughs> the whole time, and I did it. I, I like my legs were just on fire, but I did it. And the whole time, in my head, I was like, "You cannot fall. If you fall out of this run, you will be a target the entire time you were here." So I was able. <laughs> I feel like I've seen Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, I, I was I've like, "Gotta stay." I up. powered through it. I I a hundred percent powered through I'm, it. That's a good story. Dude, I'm proud dude, of you. It was. For I doing I, that. I was surprised that I made it the entire run because i was like I, but in my head i was like if i if i fall out right now like i will be like they will never leave me alone i will never i will never know peace in this place and then it's we true. got there and they threw our bags in the middle and we're like go get your bag and get the fuck upstairs uh but You're it's like, true oh. i dude i yeah I, we made it i was like let's go dude but i kept my uh, head the entirety <laughs> of of your uh experience was like like all the difficulty was here and it was equal to just yeah, that run yeah that run exa- was your yeah everything. exactly <laughs> and and it it, it worked because i kept my head down like majority of basic training i kept my head down and like i didn't get in trouble like they didn't fuck with me there was one time that i caused everybody to get in trouble and it was me and this other kid and we were at the long distance shooting range and afterwards everybody was stacking their weapons in these weapons teepees Everybody was doing it. So me and this kid put our weapons and went to get water. Well, it turns out the commander grabbed both of our weapons and gave it to our drill sergeants. And they started calling our roster number. And I was like, where the fuck is my weapon? Uh, it was really a dumbass move on my part. I should have kept it 
with me, but whatever, everyone was doing it, so I went along with it. And yeah, I, I just happened to, I just happened to, you know, the commander you're happened. You were the one who got just the one, on yeah. It. And okay. so the drill sergeant's like, "Where the fuck is you know one two nine? And I was like, "Oh, I don't have my weapon." I thought about grabbing someone's weapon and walking over there, but I'm glad I didn't because he had mine. And so I went over there. You're like, I've got it, sir. Yeah. <laughs> right here, buddy. Ooh. That would have been so bad. That would have been. It would have been ten times worse. Um, but I got over there. He was like, is this your weapon? And I was like, fuck yeah. And he was like, all right, I hid your bolt carrier in that pile of sand. And so I had to take an MRE spoon and dig my, Ah. dig it out. And then I had to shove my face in the sand. And then he got the whole platoon up and we all had to run like sprints with someone on our back and up and down this like hill. It was, it was hell. It was bad. Wow. It was not. Do you great. learn a lesson? No, <laughs> I learned a lesson of don't let the fucking commander take your weapon for some reason. What an asshole! Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go first because my laptop is dying, and I don't want to go grab the charger. Okay. Um, so uh, we're starting the season of cons and frauds. Cons and frauds, baby. Um, so today I'm going to be talking about India's greatest con man, the the, 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 the infamous, uh, uh, not Waller. I think that's how you pronounce that. N-A-T-W-R-L-A-L, not Waller. Sure. Not Waller. Uh, I don't really mention his name a lot in this cause I don't want to have to pronounce Just it a bunch of times. Natty W. <laughs> Natty W. Yeah, there we go. So, all right. So Natty W was born uh, Mitilish Kumar Srivastava in 1912 in the village of Bengra in Bihar, one of India's eastern states. So there isn't much written down about this guy's childhood, uh, but people who uh, people who like you know asked around his village about him to the villager said where he was born said he was pretty average. Uh, you know, nothing really remarkable about him when he was a kid, but you know, don't let that fool you. Everyone in the everyone in that village is pretty rock hard about this guy. Really torqued about you know Natty W. So they fucking love him. And like I said, though, pretty average kid. Nothing really stuck out. Was super really into football and chess, and uh, you know, just regular early nineteen hundreds kid shit. I guess I don't know. Yeah, he um, loved uh, a hoop. Yeah, a ball hoop and st- yeah, hoop and stick. stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. A huge fan. So um, our boy gets his first taste of that sweet, sweet con life when he's a young man, thanks to his neighbor. So his neighbor would basically uh, send him on, on runs to the bank to deposit money and shit, and like that was a job that he had for him. And so Natty W. realizes, like, hey, if I forge this guy's signature, then they'll let me withdraw monies from, from his accounts, no problem, because this was before PIN numbers and stuff like that. And yeah, that's, that's what yeah. he did. He, if if you could forge a good signature back then, you could get whatever you wanted. People, Bro, yeah. I don't even think it needed to be good. Yeah, honestly. You just like, have a, they're like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. So, um, our That's old, amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. Back then, a kid could go, he could go pick up codeine at the grocery yep. store. He could go get some fucking cigarettes for his mom, and he could just make a deposit at a bank at nine years yeah, old. Yeah, I would say it like, like, walking home with all ten. that shit. Yeah. Um, Amazing. So our old chum was withdrawing money from this dude's account on the regular, and and so he's taking money from this dude's account. Excuse me. And this guy kind of gets wise to it, realizes his account is thousands of rupees with overdrawn, and is like that little son of a bitch. 
But before the feds could swoop in and scoop our little rotten soldier up, he flees to Calcutta, and while he's there, he's like, you know what, I might as well go to school. And he gets his bachelor's degree in commerce, which is basically like a business degree here. Um, so after graduating, he tries to go the straight and narrow. He really, he really does his best to be a law-abiding citizen. That's not a joke. I know we like to say psych when we do stuff like that, but it's true. He did. He he. So he's like, all right, just yeah, one quick. Yeah, next, uh, yeah. I'm done. So he starts a cloth business, but it doesn't quite pan out how he wants it. Uh, he tries working as a broker for a while. Uh, but it wasn't bringing in the money he wanted. So he's like, fuck it, you know what? It's balls to the wall time. Let's go. So he starts his professional criminal career around this point. <laughs> so, um, All right, economy, yeah, I'm out of options. Yeah, I, don't, I, I tried. <laughs> uh, what, what can I say? So old thug money is conning his way up and down the streets until he has another run-in with the federales, and in 1937 he's arrested for the theft of nine tons of iron. Um, so, wow. Yeah. So he had That's a hot scam. That is a hot <laughs> nine tons of iron. So he had he had used forged documents to secure that there bag of Rooney, but the feds had caught up to him and he was sentenced to six months in the slammer. Um, which Dude, back then, forging documents, yeah. I, it was just whoever had the time to do it. You're not like an expert. Yeah. No. Not like yeah. A, Oh, you just cut out some pieces of paper and you fucking wrote on them, and they're like, and "That's wow, it. Yeah, that's good. Looks great." Like they're all, you know, they're talking about like in the forties, you know, when people are trying to escape war war places, and they're like, "I'll forge you some papers." I'm like, "You just yeah, you, you need were, ink, yeah, right? that's like, all. That's, ink and paper, that's bro. It. That's it. Yeah, those dudes that's weren't crazy. even looking at those papers. They were like, "Yep, no, that's good." And then threw it sounds back. good. Yeah, there's never been a picture of you. Ever. No one's ever seen it. <laughs> I mean, so, you can just be a different person. Go yeah. to the next town over. Um, get a haircut. Yeah, get man. a haircut, shave the beard, you're good. So, uh, homeboy eats that sentence with no issues. Um, no short. How long was the sentence? It's only, it was only six months. Um, For nine tons of iron. Yeah. Was his, I assume his plan was just to sell, sell it. it. Yeah. And he just... Yeah, man, iron. That's iron, a lot dude, of effort. That is, that is a lot of pennies effort, yeah. for the pound, you know. Um, so he eats a sentence, and no short jail stint in jail was going to deter our boy from doing what he wanted to do. So Natty W starts scamming once again, engaging in an act the police called. Um, I'm quoting this: prostitute poisoning. Uh, you know, obviously, prostitute is an outdated word. We use the term sex workers now, and we respect sex workers. So, or yeah, which we also, yeah, we also are, we are, and respect, yeah. Yeah. Um, So he would, what he would do is he would visit these sex workers and give them drinks that I believe were laced with something, knock them out, and then he would steal their jewelry and anything valuable they had. So he he basically reverse Cardi B'd them. Uh, it's like the that's the opposite yeah. of the sex. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. He reverse. He gave them the old reverse Cardi B. Um, so, that sounds like a filthy sex move. Yeah, it does. It, it, some urban dictionary shit. So, uh, stealing from sex workers, though, is pretty fucking petty. I can't, I don't know. Maybe That's awful. Maybe they were, but I mean, I don't know. No honor among thieves. Maybe I guess, they steal yeah, from people. That's Who fair. knows? That's you know? fair. That's very true. So, eventually, he gets caught. Police nab him. He's put in jail, but doesn't spend much time there. Uh, once he's a free man, he decides that... Cardi being sex workers is just way too risky and starts pulling off <laughs> just starts pulling off heists at the railway stations that were transporting cargo. So excuse train me. Train heists. Yeah, train okay. heists, baby. Be much lower risk. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So thanks to his business degree, he had a strong understanding how 
from his business degree and being a broker, he had a strong understanding of how the banking laws were and how the cargo business worked. His father had been a station master for the railway when he was a kid, so he knew the ins and outs of the train yards and the trains, knowing where their flaws were and basically all the information he needed to pull off these heists. So he was also a master forger, so he was able to forge the most difficult signatures that would prove, and, and that would prove to be his like most helpful skill. Um, so, yeah, he's really, bro, He he's on one. He's, it gets better. This guy's on it. He's As, like an Indian Philip Russell. Yeah, dude, I yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, you mean Philip Morse? No, you no. mean Stephen J. Russell. Oh, Stephen Russell. Russell, yeah. yeah. You combine I've the combined names. their yeah, names, yeah. yeah. So, um, so the way this little heist worked is he would walk his little happy ass into the railway station. He would then check the cargo manifest. He'd see which goods were waiting to be lifted off the trains. He would spot whatever he proved to be worthy of stealing. Then he gives the railway officials forged release papers and checks, um, and we're good to go. was the perfect plan. The railway officials would then believe that the goods had been properly released and wouldn't suspect a thing, and then all he had to do was transport the cargo to wherever he wanted to stash it. And, I mean, it was kind of perfect because, like, he didn't need to do some super sneaky-beaky shit to get the cargo off the train. Broad daylight's he, the yeah, best way he, to do he, it. Yeah, he could just take a sweet time because the railway officials had no idea that the papers and checks he'd given them were forged. Um, so this method had proved a great success for him, and he pulled it off numerous times. Um, wow. Oh, man, my Mac is going to go. I guess The I, thing is, they always do them until they get caught. Yeah, 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 of course. I'm like, dude, just... Hit a couple good licks and, and leave. Then, yeah, call Be it good. done with it. Call it good. You, you know, like, you get a train full of stuff for free. You should be like, yeah, good, yeah. I did it. I'm set for a little and bit. I don't have to, I'm set, yeah. Not just make it your job. Don't do that. My uh, my Mac is telling me it's going to sleep soon, so um, let me go grab the charger. Uh, then I'll just cut this part out, obviously. All right, so I'm going to plug in the old... Laparuni. Um so yeah, perfect heist. Fucking nails it, really killing it right now. Uh doing the damn thing. And so we so in come the nineteen forties, uh Con Man Supreme is around thirty years of age. Um he's been pulling off the old train scheme for quite some time, but I guess it just wasn't enough for him. So he wants to go bigger and bolder, naturally. Naturally. Um, Naturally. But, uh, like, maybe it was, I don't know, maybe it was, like, a, the high he got from pulling these heists off and the train heists it's, just weren't I mean, cutting that's it definitely, anymore. Yeah, yeah. Once they get easy enough and work all the time, he's like, Ugh, Yeah, he's, God, like, I, and he's like, I gotta... I gotta zero risk. Yeah, zero <laughs> risk. I need to pull something more difficult off. So, um, anyways, due to the Second World War... India is running into a textile shortage. So our boy saw an opportunity uh, to get paid, and he was like, let's go. So this dude, uh, Natty W, along with an... So um, this guy, along with an associate by the name of Nutwalla, posed as officers, because when I I was listening... uh, Watching a video on this, this kind of threw me off because, um, so basically, let me, let me, let me, uh, so our boy Mithilish finds this associate named Natty W. He poses, they pose as officers for the Textile Commission in Bombay. 
They would then approach manufacturers that were looking to purchase large quantities of cotton. Uh, our boy and his associate would show these manufacturers forged railway documents that made it seem like they had these large quantities of cotton uh, that they would deliver to the uh, Azamgar station. And before the deal would close, they would the pair would insist that these manufacturers give them a large advance of the payment of the goods. And once they got the large advance, they would fucking skedaddle, kick rocks out of there. Okay. So, I mean, stealing from businesses is yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not that sad about it. Yeah, so once these manufacturers arrived at the station, there would, wouldn't be a soul to receive the rest of the payment, and obviously there wouldn't be any cotton for them to claim. So obviously this was reported to the police. Uh, the police conduct an investigation and quickly realize that the mastermind behind the whole operation uh, was our boy Mithilish, and he was soon arrested. His partner in crime, Natty W., had actually managed to escape the authorities and made a proper getaway. But luckily for our master conman, these stupid idiots had gotten the pair mixed up, and they thought that <laughs> Mithilish was Natty W., and due oh. to that, he received a very light sentence for this. Um, so that's where he gets the name uh not wall oh. that's that like before this incident he was just mythilish but um the this is where he like that becomes his nickname is fucking natty w that's that's hilarious yeah so um so after it feels this, like that wasn't an accident i what like, it, he, he i mean like he wanted them yeah, to yeah, think yeah. he was he probably else. yeah he, he probably pers- like did something or like helped their their judgment of him being the other guy yeah like once he caught on pretty slick once he caught on to that was happening he was like yeah oh absolutely yeah that other guy (laughs) um so after this um after this mythilish was nicknamed after his associate and the name stuck the name uh nartwalla became synonymous in india for being a con man and thieving it was like a well-known name um, oh shit! Yeah. So come, so come the fifties and sixties, our boy uh, who Mithilish, who is now Natty W, begins scamming wealthy people from around the motherfucking country, uh, which is crazy. You know, your nickname that people know you by literally means con man, and you're able to scam people still. Um, what a fucking G move! You're really that. Is, that's amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. Incredible. You're the guy. Yeah, you're the guy, dude. Also, people will fall for anything. Yeah, people, people are, are dumb. just dummy, dumb, dumb, dumb. Yeah. So our boy rents this super nice house. It's really beautiful. It's got a very lavish interior. It's got all the bells and whistles. And he begins portraying this very luxurious, wealthy lifestyle, name dropping these important and successful people. Pe- these important and successful people in casual conversation, like they're his fucking chums. And he's doing all this to his potential victims, obviously, so they will fall for his cons and believe his ruse. Sorry, I had a burp. Um, so he was really, you know, truly a master of his con man craft. Um, Absolutely. Each scam was planned well in advance, every single minute detail carefully crafted to ensure he saw a very good payday. So one of the reasons that Natty W was solidified in the Con Man Hall of Infamy was due to his quote selling of multiple famous Indian monuments. Uh, this fucking man, such a classic, dude, yeah, classic. Man. This man could it really sell, is. This man could sell fish or uh, sell water to a fish. I'm telling you. Um, so what he would do is he would he, 
He would pose as a government official, and he would convince wealthy tourists to, quote, purchase these monuments. Uh, he would provide them with incredibly authentic-looking legal documents and the whole nine yards to further sell the idea that they were actually buying these monuments. How uh, fucking dude, wealthy? How wealthy and how stupid are you? Like, do you- like, I'm like, why do you think someone would offer this to you? Mm-hmm. Why does that scam work at all? I, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, would you like to buy the Eiffel Tower? Yeah. Do you really think you're like that important that a government official would be like, you look like you want to buy the Taj Mahal? Like, how much did he charge? I, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Because, like, who's the mark? Yeah. How exactly. much money can you? How much money can you really say? Where are you finding if you're these like, wealthy tourists? Like, they're like, hey, would you like to buy the Taj Mahal? And they're like, uh, uh how much is it? And they're like, only one hundred dollars. Yeah. Like, no, it's yeah. not. No, you know, yeah. you got it. So he has to make it a lot. Yeah, a lot of money that they ended up paying. I don't know. So maybe it's like kind of a, one of the put the advance down situations. Yeah, I think that that definitely it. could be it too. Um, that's what I was thinking as well. But damn, still, bro, you really thought you were buying that? You are an absolute dumb, buffoon. Dumb. I would. Yeah, <laughs> my my friend told me that story. Like he was the victim. I'm like, you idiot! Jesus yeah, Christ! You yeah, idiot! So, um, legal documents, the whole nine yards to further sell the idea that these stupid suckers were buying monuments. So apparently Natty W was successful in selling the Taj Mahal not once, not twice, but three times. Um, and he also apparently sold the Red Fort in Delhi, which is an historic fort built that served as the main residence for the Mughal emperors. He was also supposedly successful. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime he goes somewhere nice, he's like, yeah, like I'm going to sell that. sell that bad boy right there. Uh, <laughs> that looks good. So he also was supposedly successful in selling the Rashtra... Uh, hold on. Rashtrapati, Rashtrapati Bhavan, which is the official residence of residence of the president of India. Um, so he sold he sold the in- India White House. <laughs> Why do they think those things dude, are for sale? I don't That's know, what dude. I don't understand. Like the government doesn't want anywhere to put yeah. the president anymore. It's like, I don't- sorry, it got foreclosed on. So if you want it, you know, <laughs> the times are we're in peril. Doesn't the government here. own it? Like that is baffling. Yeah. So. Another that I thought was hilarious is that he supposedly managed to sell some sucker India's Parliament House, and we even went as far as to throw the members of Parliament in as part of the deal. Um, so some buffoon believed that he was purchasing basically India's entire government and was like, they're all part of the deal. They'll, they'll do whatever you, you say, like- Man, I don't know. Just the building, yeah. and he's like, uh, "Do you want to buy the people, the senator? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that I can throw him in? I can talk to him. You know, they he's have- like, yeah, I do want the senators. He's like, oh well, they are also for sale. Yeah. <laughs> what the for an fuck? extra fee? Um, I I really want to know what kind of government official he was proposing as to that this person thought he had this power. Um, but uh, so. Another reason our boy is so famous is due to his absolutely legendary prison escape in 1957. So, apparently, he's sitting behind bars, and he's like, you know what, I'm good on all this, I'm about to head out. And Was this before or after the monument selling? I think, I, the way it was put in the video, I don't know, because it kind of like, this section was before, was after 
they talked about the monuments, but it kind of sounded like he had done the monument selling all throughout his. Uh, oh, that I mean, that's what I was thinking. I was like, he's kind of all over the place in those stories. So yeah, yeah exactly. Think, I think so anytime he moves to a new place, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna just, I don't know, sell a quick monument. Sell, yeah, sell a quick monument. Um, we're gonna call it good, and it's gonna be great. Uh, hold on one sec. Let me look something up real quick. Great, great is con. I want to cite the video that I watched because the guy did a really good job. Uh, it is called The Extraordinary Life of India's Greatest Con Man and Escape Artist, and it's by uh, Forgotten Lives, uh, the YouTube channel Forgotten Lives. Did a very good job. Shout out to him. He fucking he killed that video, so um, huge, huge represent. Anyways, so um, he's like, all right, you know what? I'm good. I'm about to head out, and he enlists the help of an accomplice, and he manages, manages to get the outfit of a sub-inspector smuggled into his cell. From my understanding, an SI sub-inspector is what they're called. From what I understand, okay. it's a low-ranking officer in the police force in India. So um, they're okay. like, the, from what the description I read, it was like they're the lowest-ranking officer that has command over uh, a group of policemen. Um, so anyways, he gets this uniform smuggled in, and his next step was getting past the prison guards that guarded his cell. So... Nothing that a uh, little briefcase full of money couldn't handle, and he true, yep, true, true, changes true. into his uniform, hands the money to the guards, and makes his way to the prison gates. So the the guards at the gates see him in this uniform, they salute him, and they let him through, and he strolls his happy ass out of prison. His accomplice had arranged a vehicle to pick him up just outside the gates. Uh, Natty W gets in the passenger seat, and he is gone without a trace. Um, and to make it even more G thug money, those prison guards that thought they were getting a real nice payday ended up opening up, uh, the briefcase only to find out that it was stuffed full of old newspapers. Um, really got their ass, dude. <laughs> really got them. Really got him. Wait, so the people that helped him, right? He scammed them too. So, so the accomplice that helped him get the uniform, he was like, that's like his partner. He didn't scam him. But he, the prison guards, for them to turn a blind eye, he handed him a briefcase full of money, which is just stuff full of old newspapers. Come um, on! Yeah, really, really, yeah, it's kind of shitty. Scummy, yeah. scummy. I'm like, dude. And I know, at that point, just give him some Give money. him something, yeah. And I know he's got a fucking, he's got to at least have, like, yeah. a fortune amass from selling monuments. Yeah. Yeah, so. I know. What the um, fuck? So, uh, like I said, our our sweet baby boy has amassed a very impressive impressive fortune thanks to his, you know, being such a ballin' con man. Uh, now, he wasn't one of those dudes who kept his wealth a secret. He was quite the contrary, actually. Uh, he was very well known for sharing his wealth with the less fortunate. So, basically, what he would do is he would turn return to the village that he grew up in, and he would treat the entire village to, like, a grand feast. And he'd give poor families money so they could survive. He would give away clothes, like, really expensive cars and goods and stuff like that. And after doing That's this... Cool. yeah, cool. Yeah, honestly, he seemed like a decent dude who just didn't want to fucking work At least work he's spending it. Yeah, 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 yeah. On cool shit. Yeah, and so after he would do this, he would vanish without a trace... Because in reality, he was still a wanted man with the federales looking to arrest him in eight different states across India. So, during this man's life, he was arrested and convicted a total of nine times. But each time, he'd find a way to break out of prison. In one instance, in particular, he was convicted of like 14 different crimes in the state of Bihar. 
Um, they handed him a nice little 113-year sentence, but that didn't deter our little con man from his plotting and scheming, and he ended up breaking out of prison. But throughout Natty W's life, he only served a total of 20 years behind bars. Like, through his entire life. That's a lot, all, though. But, but this was spanned out in, like, his entire life. Like, he, he didn't... Yeah, you know, he, I mean, Stephen Russell's in prison forever. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah, forever. So... I mean, the guy... I mean, he served his time. I don't know. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, you know, he spent 20 years in prison, but like, prison's probably the worst. Yeah. But like, in, he's not in working a job prison. in there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know yeah. if their prisons are worse. I, I mean, American actually, prisons are fucking horrible. Yeah. And you also don't hear a lot about India prisons. Uh, maybe maybe then no, no one ever goes to prison in India. I, just, I, think, this, <laughs> I, I think this story proves quite the contrary. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, is that the end of it? No, no, no. Um, so oh, shit. I told you, there's more shenanigans. Um, so he only served uh, throughout his life a total of 20 years in prison, which is still, you know, quite a bit amount of time, but for how many, how the length of sentences he was getting, peanuts. That's all it was. So um, in 1987, police had apprehended our man, but they had no idea who he was, and they just... I forgot what he got arrested for, but he, they didn't know who he was. But then it was revealed that he was the infamous Natty W. Um, and prior to this arrest, he hadn't been seen since 1979 after escaping from the clutches of authorities while being transported uh, to a trial in Bombay. Um, Wait, wouldn't he be like 60-something? Yeah, he, he's like, yeah, he, he is, uh, I think. He escaped at 60-something? Oh, it gets better. Hold on. So, so um, prior to this, he hadn't been seen since 1979 after escaping the clutches of the authorities from being transported to a trial in Bombay. So, after this escape, police had believed that Natty W, he, they believed that he was dead. They didn't think he was still alive. But here he was in police custody, Fuck. a 73-year-old man, but still very alive. Um, so, he manages to evade authorities once more. And he's finally arrested for the last time in 1996. He's 84 years old. Oh, my God. He's 84 years what old. loser Dude. arrested yeah. the 84-year-old? Yeah. Like you can see a picture of it, and like the, there's two police officers, and he's like got a little, like, he's like hunched over and has a cane. Oh. Like, and They're I, like, we did it. Yeah, we, we got him. We got his ass, boys. <laughs> um, so he's 84 years old. He Another is, violent criminal yeah. off the streets. <laughs> he's a frail old man, and police believed that they had seen the last of Natty W's daring escapes. But boy, were they fucking wrong. So June 24th of that same year, uh, he's being transported from the prison to a hospital, bound to a wheelchair. But somehow, he manages to make a daring two-wheeled escape while at New Delhi Railway Station and is never seen again. Um, so, uh, what? Dude, I know. Uh, in a wheelchair. The guard, gets, the guard who's like, I'm so Yeah, the police, fired. dude, the police just, I'm like, how do you, oh, how, how do you God. let a man in a wheelchair out of your sights? Like, it, he's not fast, but whatever. Okay. I um, mean, you're like, did he take the stairs? Yeah. No. Nope. You know? This place, like, is, this place isn't even ADA accessible or yeah. even uh, wheelchair accessible. How do you ADA get out of here? Compliant, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Natty W. dies in 1996 and ran Chi and was cremated by his brother. Or at least that's what he wanted authorities to think. I was like, no way. In 2009, 
Old Boy's lawyer had come forward with a statement saying that Notwaller had died the same year and requested that more than a hundred charges be dropped. Um, Two thousand and nine. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so faking your own. He was ninety-seven. He lived in nine. Wow, dude. Yeah, faking That's better than own- working. Dude. I did twenty years of prison to live his life. Yeah, Fuck for it. real. Yeah, and I'm sure he still had tons of money. Uh, saved up and but you know you keep going in and out of the clank eventually you yeah. just run it back into the homies God you know I'm right like, yeah exactly what's up we're back what's going on uh so faking your own death is an absolute certified g move um it is dude i almost like did i guess no that would have been i'm like did steven russell like read about this guy That's like what it, there's a lot of similarities here yeah yeah a uh, lot so in not native village uh the people have erected a monument where his house once stood in his honor because he was loved so much in his village he is the most infamous con man in india's history and even has a bollywood movie made about him which is an absolute bitch in honor Bollywood movies are the tits. Yeah. If you've never seen a Bollywood a movie, go watch it. Let me look it it's up real quick. Call. Um, not that's so nuts. That guy cannot be stopped. No, dude, he was an absolute force to be reckoned with. I uh, mean, and every police officer involved just he, so terrible. criminally useless, terrible. just terrible. Um, let's see. At least at that point, you know, if you're the dude who gets fooled when he's like eighty. You're like, whatever. Like, I think, fucking 30 other cops have I been fooled there, by this guy. I, I think there's multiple movies. So this one I'm seeing right now um, is called Raja Natwala, and it was made in 2014, but there's an older movie I know. Um, what's the other one called? Because there's another one that looks like a really, like, uh, old, I think the other one's called Mister uh, Notwala, and that was in 1979. And it's a Hindi okay. action comedy film produced That's by insane. Tony Glad. Yeah, what a life! I'm what jealous. What a fucking life, man! I know. I'm jealous as fuck. An absolute I'm, baller. I mean, and it didn't sound like he defrauded a bunch no, of old yeah, people, yeah. like Philip or Stephen did. Yeah, St- Stephen. Even stew pretty low sometimes. That is true. That is very true. But stealing from the you know and company like Fuck whatever, it. do get, it. They'll yeah, get bro. That money they're stealing. Back, they're stealing to exist. Yeah. Man, I'm jealous as fuck. That's so cool. Uh, you want? Are you ready for mine now? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. Uh, we of course didn't say rate, review, download. Yeah, rate, subscribe. review, download, subscribe. You know the drill. Email us. DM us. Yeah. Um. Let's see. So, yeah, when I started the season, or when we came up with the idea for the season, my mind went to, like, easy stuff, like Stephen Russell, Scientology, Charles Ponzi, you know? Um, But I was like... this season was also recommended to us by a couple fans as well. Uh, Yeah, That's what started the conversation. That's what started the conversation. Um, The... uh, But what I really wanted to do when uh, I thought of this was, like, 19th century early 20th century Snake and just like yours dude. yeah it's the best time we we've covered extensively dude. how lit it is at the turn of the century to be a scumbag yeah so you can do anything you, do you, anything fucking, you want. fucking wanted bro. anything you want um just look at the la police they conned a lady and just taking some random kid they didn't want yeah. anymore amazing incredible amazing incredible uh, we had so the cult season season five episode three which was i love you philip morris 
season seven, episode one, which was a RuneScape episode, yeah. and season eleven, episode five, Firefest, are all good episodes we've talked about that cover True. frauds and cons beforehand. <coughs> oh, excuse me, hold on. Got to get the coffin out of the way. Um. So, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear. You. All right. Yeah, yeah. So the sources for this one were New England Historical Society, Hoaxes.org, Discover Magazine, uh, Martha's Vineyard Times, and Seapro uh, Systems, which was a gold recovery website, which I'll tell you about. Okay. But anyways, so this story starts in 1896, which uh, you already know it's going to be a banger. Absolutely. When um, Reverend Prescott Ford Yernigan, a Baptist pastor from Connecticut, approached jeweler Arthur Ryan, who he'd met in his churchly duties, uh, with a brilliant idea. Yernigan had come up with a way to cheaply extract gold from seawater with a device called the Gold Accumulator, a technique revealed to him in a heavenly vision, which was actually a fever dream he had while he was suffering from typhoid. Dude, hell yeah, um, let's go. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good start. <laughs> we started whole religions yeah, like that. Dude. Um, so uh, he offers the jeweler Ryan a test, and if he likes it, he's like, "We should, you know, we should, I need money. We should start a company." Yeah, naturally. The device itself was this wooden box with holes in it to allow the water to pa- pass through, and inside was this pan of mercury um, with a special secret ingredient, of course, that had a current running through it via wire and a small battery. Um, it worked by the electrified mixture sucking the gold metal out of the water. You'd lower it into the water, leave it over, uh, leave it up or in there overnight. Pull it up in the morning, and you get gold. Gold, baby. And to, gold. And to honor the test, you again said he wouldn't even be around for the test. He's like, "You take this, fucking try it out. I'll come back. You tell me what you think." And the thing is, at the time, it's not like so crazy because they had discovered, and it was a big deal at the time in the 1870s that there was gold in seawater. Yeah, which they estimated made it to be about a grain of gold per ton of seawater, which is not a lot, yeah. but there's a lot of water in the ocean, so you'd get billions and billions of dollars, back. and back then anything was possible with enough grit and moxie, True. so you just, True. you know, had to apply Get some subjugated labor and some steam engines, and you're ready to go. Um, the calculation in the 1870s stated that there was 65 milligrams of gold per one ton of seawater, but then uh, the 90s, the MIT did a study, the 1990s, the MIT did a study, and they found there was one single gram per 100 million tons Jesus. of ocean water. Yeah. So uh, our heart was in the right place, but there wasn't actually <laughs> a ton of gold in there. There it is. Ryan does a proper scientific test on a wharf in Rhode Island in February 1897. Gets a couple of his buddies together to sit in a little shanty at the end of the wharf, and they lower the accumulator into the water and sit over it, and they wait together overnight. I mean, that's science. Yeah, that's what you gotta do. Yeah, that's what you gotta do. So when they brought it up in the morning, they see bright gold flakes embedded in the mercury mixture. Oh, yeah. They went and got it appraised, and it was about four bucks fifty cents of gold, which now would be like one hundred thirty bucks. So not like yeah, it's not awful crazy. Yeah, but you know, some gold, um, very reasonable amount for a little device. And Ryan is stoked. Because Yernigan said he could build a thousand of these within a year. They're like, that's crazy numbers. Yeah. F- so much money. <laughs> $4,500 $4, a day. 
Um, so Orion, Urigan, and a group of investors eventually found the Electrolytic Marine Salts Company and start an accumulator factory in Lubick, Maine. Or Lubeck. I didn't look that up. Yeah. Um, this site was chosen, A, because it's far away. People can't steal their precious accumulators. There it is. And B, there's a huge tide variation, which Urigan insisted was important. And I think the idea was... It would be submerged for a while, and then the tide would go away, and you could pull your gold out then. You don't have to keep picking them up. That's a lot of labor. Okay. Uh, yeah, they're thinking about it. It's a, it's a real company. I mean, yeah, it's I, as real as a company can be, I guess. I mean, they've got – yeah, it's, it's kicking off. Yeah. Uh, so they also opened up an off- office in Boston because it's a business. Nice. nice. Uh, in only a few months, they have several accumulators – that are generating about a hundred and fifty dollars of gold a day. I mean, not terrible. Heck. Not terrible. They want to expand the company and their production, so they decided to publicly offer shares of the company. Okay. Initial float was thirty-three bucks a share, and it's only weeks of after news gets around, and there's only like seven companies who invested back then anyway, and uh, so the share price rises to a hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, damn. Fast. Basically, the GameStop of its generation, yeah, bro. Yeah, the, the squeeze, baby. Uh, so there is enough gold. This is a quote from uh, the Electrolytic Marine Salts Company pamphlet that Yernigan wrote. There is enough gold in the waters of Long Island Sound to pay off the national debt and leave a larger gold reserve in the treasury than the government has yet possessed. That is quite... Bold yeah, claim. Quite the bold statement. He's like simply just in this lake yeah. will have enough gold to no. fund America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which it isn't even like accurate, I think, to the calculations that they had, but whatever. So uh, by 1898, so about two years in, the successful company has raised a million dollars, which is actually a lot dollars. of money. Yeah, what, yeah it's what like was 34 the, million. You said 1968 or? 1898. 1898. Yeah. Okay, a million yeah, dollars. That's they're sitting that's on good. a chunk yeah. of change. Did you? Did you? Uh, they had uh, over two hundred accumulators and one hundred employees. Did you uh, convert that to today dollars? Yeah, it's thirty three million. Damn. Now, damn. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, a that's money. a company. Yeah, that is a company. You, you can get a company started with thirty million. Uh, I think you can get a subway started for like six grand. So <laughs> think how many subways you yeah. can start. <laughs> That's how we measure things now, and how many subways <laughs> you can how start. How subway yeah. franchises it is. Uh, so yeah, two hundred accumulators, hundred employees, and pretty big fucking company. Um, that interestingly, there were other witnesses to the demonstration who had decided to make their own version of the company. Um, And they secretly installed a bunch of high-volume water pumps in this little cabin by the ocean. They weren't going to start like a business. They were like, we're just going to go fucking hide a bunch of these by the sea, and we're just going to pump it out ourselves, and we'll just fucking be rich. And um, by 1898, the home was already, the place they stored all the pumps was already being advertised as a nice cottage to stay in, and there was no more hints of the company anymore. It's seems that the scheme didn't work out so they okay. were they were missing the magic sauce yeah, something yeah. was wrong um i like where their head's at though they're like fucking i'm not gonna give this yeah i'm not gonna money. give money fuck that this is the 1890s i'll just steal it yeah and go make my own what copyright uh, patents don't exist right now just move into the woods cops yeah. can't find you there <laughs> uh so the company is chugging along things are going great 
until July of 1898, when Yernigan disappears, along with a mysterious assistant named Charles Fisher that very few people had interacted with. Um, it was discovered that the two had fled to Europe with fake names, and the accumulators stopped working. They Wait, they just stopped working? The or, accumulators or... don't work. So what's the scam? What's the scam? These guys are gone. The gig's up. Jig's up. Company's done. Something's up. Are How they, do they do it? Are they putting their own gold in there, or what's going on? They're putting their own gold in oh, there. Oh, shit, yeah. Dude. But how do they do that? What about the test? I don't know. What about the test? So, Tell turns me about out, it. Mysterious assistant, Fisher, was a trained diver. And during the first accumulator test, he swam underwater from shore in a diving suit in February in Rhode Island. God damn. Found the accumulator and swapped out the mixture for his own that contained the gold flakes. Oh. Later, as they had the things going, he used the money that he'd raised from investment to buy gold bars. And then he'd take them up the river and be like, look, this is how much gold we have. A ton of gold. And uh, so here's this is one part that I was... Oh, there, there was some different reporting on because the Martha's Vineyard newspaper uh, has some of the original documents at the uh, Martha's Vineyard Museum, and they claimed that they uh, that Yernigan and uh, Fisher had talked about this idea before, and uh, Fisher had almost died doing it. So they cleverly inserted into gold the mercury samples before they were valued. But that doesn't make any fucking yeah, sense what? at all. I was like, there's too many, like, what's that called with the police, with evidence, uh, when they, like, chain of custody. Oh, okay. There's too many obvious chains of custody where, where, like, you couldn't possibly sneak it in. Yeah, yeah. And that, this case, the, the author of the article that I was reading noted that the manuscript source that they referenced was from someone involved, written 30 years after the fact, and they say maybe he was totally wrong. Yeah. And I kind of think he was. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think that guy knew what was up, and I think he was wrong. I think he just the only to way to do it. it... Yeah, exactly. Be in the, the only way to do it is sneak the gold in when people can't look yeah, at yeah. it, you know? And uh, so once they secured the funds to increase the number of accumulators, they're like, oh, shit, this is uh, that's a bunch of money. And they decide to fuck off because they can't keep the scheme up forever. Yeah, they're yeah. going to have to swim so much gold <laughs> into the ocean. <laughs> uh, and they fucked off with the cash at the time. They, they only were able to take about 200 uh, grand, which is about 7 million. Yeah, that's and, still uh, good amount. They were never caught. No shit. They were never caught. Yeah, they fucked off. Damn. So apparently Yernigan had preached all over the Northeast for a couple decades and was like sick, sickly a lot because it was the 1880s. Yeah. He just got sick by being yeah. alive yeah. and uh, low on funds and he felt appreciated for his work. Funny enough, the only place I found a quote from him really was from the gold recovery uh, company that had an article all about this. Really? Guy. Like a good article. No yeah, shit. Had a good article. That's bad. It was bad. from a company that, like, you know, would advertise itself to industrial processes that use gold so that they can restore recover it and not lose as much yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, I guess this would be up their alley, you know, the gold accumulator. Yeah, but I don't know. Um, having a, I, a quote or, or something like that. Well, no, no, the whole article was about the gold accumulator. Uh, okay. It was about the hoax and okay, everything. Okay, yeah. good. I was saying, so they, I, I wouldn't advertise no, yeah. a con man. No, no. <laughs> they were just giving good historical context there and shit. I, I thought it was kind of neat. That's pretty sick. Um, so, 
Uh, yeah, the quote from him was, I had always been hanging on to the ragged edges of things, a man of educated tastes, of delicate health, forced to exist on the pittances of a day laborer. All my life I had existed on the husks. I had been patronized by illiterate slobs. I had been underpaid, and my mind had become embittered by a thousand acts of injustice. I'm like, oh, real Christian. Yeah, yeah. Real, real and, nice. And also, that was just a really oh. long way of saying, oh, I deserve all the good things. Uh, I have, I'm like, dude, you're a pastor, yeah, you I, piece of shit. Yeah, I've got educated taste. I don't deserve to be living with these filthy human fucker dude that dude was a preacher just to make money yeah yeah what a, what a so butthole. a christian yeah it's yeah, proper yeah, christian, yeah proper christian preacher yeah uh the news of the scheme was broken by a detective slash pi named william Phelan, who had been caught up in the scheme and had published a story in the new york hold so a uh, new york herald I, I had to do some digging on this but the discover website made it sound like he was in on the scheme and CPro said the same thing, and uh, but like another one kind of made it sound like he was an investor who had been upset and was using his powers to figure out. I don't know. Okay. So, but basically, what I think I'm pretty sure happened was he was in on the scheme. He, f- he knew what was going on. He had been reached out to get the company off the ground. Like they were like, "Hey, man, give us start money to start a scam." Like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the guy was like, "Okay, sure." sure. And then when they started raising all that money, he's like, "All right, man, you got to give me way more of that, or yeah. I'm going to tell everybody about it." And they were like, "Okay, well, we're going to leave. Yeah, <laughs> see you later. What are <laughs> okay. you going to do about it?" Uh, so he did. He, that guy published the story to the New York Herald. Probably didn't mention. I, so I actually went out of my way. I really tried to find the original newspaper article, yeah. and I did. But you have to pay to see it. Yeah. And uh, our uh, kind and loyal listeners don't send us enough cash in the mail <laughs> <laughs> to afford it. So I'm sorry, guys. But uh, – I don't think he mentioned that he was a schemer. Yeah, I, I, I think know. that was discovered. It's probably something he left out of the article because he, he probably yeah. yeah. Uh, he was like, I, I don't want to be. A, I, I'm exposing this. I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like those right. bastards yeah. stole yeah. your money. They stole all your money, and I had nothing to do with it. Uh, interestingly, Yernigan, uh I could not figure out the time frame on when he did this, but later in the past or later in the future, refunded seventy five to eighty five grand because again, different reporting. Yeah, yeah. Of this, he gave back the money, some of the stolen money, like kind of to the investors, uh, so that I, nobody knows why he did it. They think maybe that he had felt guilty about it in some which you know maybe he is a christian he's, he's like at least feel guilty that's or something. maybe he's like hey don't come or, look for me in europe uh, dude i mean honestly yeah here's some uh, money uh oh and then uh but a lot of people speculated that maybe fisher was the guy actually in charge of this plan uh. and um so, and Yernigan was like ah, i didn't have anything to yeah, do you know, yeah. take take some money back okay uh i and so, let me see, which made, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then Fisher moved to New Zealand and nice. uh, died in Australia a few years later, living a small, happy life with his money, and then it's over. Never saw him again. Okay. And then Yernigan moved to the Philippines, where he became a teacher. He wrote a few history books, and then he just came back to america and died in the in 1942 really 
I was like, what? I Did mean, I guess it was in a time where, like, if you were gone long enough, you could just come back, and people were like, who are you? This is what yeah. I'm talking about, the time of opportunity. Yeah, the time that of was opportunity, the dude. Yeah, because you could just get away. You simply, you do something wrong, you leave, you leave, and you come back later. Yeah. Done. And you're all is you forgiven. Leave. Yeah, nobody cares anymore. That's it. No one cares. You're like, ah... We didn't write enough things down, or maybe yeah. we wrote it down, and the building that it was in just blew yeah, up. It got so burned we're like, the ground. Ah. Yeah, Someone so all your crimes are absolved. Yeah. We're good to go. Wash yourselves of those sins. We're okay. We're, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. He, he just he, came back. Just fucking went and had a nice life, got married in the Philippines, fucking, woo, you know. That's it. All That's is it. forgiven, bro. What a time yeah, to be alive. So I, both of our stories, the con men just get yeah, away with just, it completely. Yeah, they're just good. They don't, nothing happens to them. I wonder. I if, saw one article that mentioned, and I didn't believe this, yeah. so I don't don't repeat it as fact, but they were like, there was no case for fraud since we knew that gold was in seawater. I was like, what? He was that faking don't it. That was fucking no fraud. Yeah, that was, they, yeah, fraud that was 100% fraud. fraud. You sold the product. I was product. like, he didn't get charged because he left. Yeah, you sold That's the all you, you had to do. You sold the product that wasn't what the what it, you yeah, advertised it didn't do it for. Anything. That should yeah, have been, at all. That, that is like kind of the definition I love of the idea that it's not fraud if it could yeah. be true. <laughs> what a lawless society yeah. that's writer it There's imagined. There's a slight detail that this could happen, yeah. so we can't constitute it as fraud. That's insane. Technically, if we strap enough rocket engines anything, it'll fly into space. Yeah. It could happen. Yeah, it could happen. The <laughs> theoretics. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the... It's not a crazy long story. Uh, it's, it's just clean, you know? He comes up with a stupid little thing goes the extra mile to sell it yep. you know swimming in the ocean he put in night. the work he put in the work yeah. i will say he did put in the work <laughs> and then you get some investor money because he was a upstanding white man who yep. convinced other upstanding white men to simply just give them his money as they and do then he left I, what was really funny was i think the c-pro systems uh article uh, described how he sent back the seventy five thousand dollars and he's like, investors only earned 36 cents on the dollar. And I was like, bro, <laughs> yeah. you can't. <laughs> what? It's not an investment yeah, anymore. It's yeah. a scam. It's a scam. It it's a full-blown <laughs> scam. It's honestly incredible that he got 70, they gave 75,000 back. That's insane. I wonder how he sent that money back. Like, I would think, so, I mean, and the reason people think it's him uh, because or that he wasn't in charge of it was because he probably had to spend some money to get out to the Philippines or whatever and live and be alive. Yeah, but seventy five thousand was probably his half. Yeah, it took two hundred grand. So yeah, uh, that is Charles a lot. took a yeah. That is a lot. so like he did give almost everything back. So I, I'm kind of like, well, I don't know. I think yeah, I it know. sounds like he kept enough for him to like live a comfortable life, and then was like, all right, I'll give the rest of this back. But also, he, yeah, he, oh yeah, because twenty five thousand dollars back then is still like a million million dollars dollars. yeah Yeah. so um and he sent that back while he was overseas wasn't he i wonder like how do you send that amount of money uh i mean honestly i i think what i would do is i don't know i would try to i was gonna say i'd hire someone they'd have to be a real business yeah i don't know someone you know there's probably courier services but i like i would want someone to carry it i would never send it in a package and never put it in mail yeah exactly that's what i'm saying like someone is gonna fucking have that strapped to their body the whole time that's yeah an incredible i don't know 
sending that much money or back in the day. We kidnap someone's child yeah. and say, if you don't do it, you'll never see them yeah, again. See and then you know that kid. they won't steal your money. That's you know? true. That's true. That's another con. You've already, that you've already, yeah, you've already conned. You might as well go the distance. <laughs> might as well go the whole distance. That's uh, crazy. So I wonder how many... You, you know, what? I wonder how many of the sto- these stories are going to end with the con man getting away. Dude, I know. Oh, I mean, your guy did go to prison. He did go to prison. Yeah, years. he did. He did. So, a bunch of times. Yeah, but these guys just fucking washed their hands swept, of it. Swept their hands of it. Yeah, yeah we're out. good. We're Gone. good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and since Fisher died in like, I think it was only like five or six years after. I like to think that he spent all his money on hookers and blow and and, and just, you know, lived it up until lived he died. Best and I'm life. Like, yeah. Live your best life. Yeah, dude. bro. Spend your money. Yeah. Spend it. Pump the local economy. You can't bring it with you when you die. Yeah. So we'll have to find another good con. Yeah. Dude, there's a lot of good cons. I know. I was looking, there's a lot. When I was doing my, my research, there was a ton of them out there. I was like, holy shit, this is a. And they're like good stories. Yeah. They're not like just little blurbs all the time, like the disasters are. You yeah. Know? Like, I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to start looking into. I want to find some that aren't super well known to cover. Um, that I thought this one was pretty yeah, no, yeah, and Yours was yeah. too. I didn't know about yours. Um, yeah, I was going to stay away from fucking Ponzi or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the top, top con men. Um, yeah, yeah. Hard agree. All right, well. Kanye West. Kanye, Kanye West. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. Stupid joke. Yeah. Um, so we'll be back next week. Don't forget to rate, yeah. review, subscribe. Um, you got anything else? Follow the Insta. Follow the Insta. Uh, snacks packs podcast on instagram it's Please. a good time we post memes and stuff like that for our entertainment yeah, people send us yours. messages yeah that's true people do they would they be talking hopefully they be talking. it is <laughs> <laughs> it is mostly for our memes yeah, yeah, yeah it is um but we'll see you guys next week love you so much have a good day uh don't forget to rate review subscribe and uh, we'll be back again with some more con men or con women it doesn't i don't know arthur it's true Oh, I guess I was gonna say, are there any like famous con women? But the Theranos lady is definitely one of them. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. One of them. I don't know. I might cover that, but it seems pretty well documented already. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Bye bye.